Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June 21st. And our chapter for today is the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, a lament, an entire book of lamenting from the prophet of God, Jeremiah. Now, you remember Jeremiah's ministry and that God told him he had raised him up to do six things. Four of those six were bad. Jeremiah said, I was a man born for controversy, and it seems like that he was constantly in sorrow. He was born into a time and called into a time that was filled with grief. The nation was in decline. God's judgment was sure, and even though there was revival under godly King Josiah, it wasn't long until the hammer would fall. And God's judgment would come upon Judah as he promised he would. Now, the book of Lamentations is a series of chapters that are poems, that are laments, that are songs, a funeral dirge, if you will, crying out to God. And Jeremiah was a man of sorrows. And this is why in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, when Jesus was in the region of Caesarea Philippi, that he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And you remember the disciples said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Why? Because John the Baptist was a preacher of repentance. So was Jesus. So was Peter. So was John. So was Paul. All of them preached repentance. And so uh, he was a mighty preacher. And so they thought that he was like John the Baptist. As a matter of fact, Antipas, Herod's son Antipas, who founded the city of Tiberias that Jesus called a fox, he even thought that Jesus might be John raised from the dead. Because remember, he was the one who had John the Baptist killed at the request of a woman who had danced for him. And so Jeremiah was a man of sorrows. And so some said you are Elijah because of his miracle working ability. But some said you're Jeremiah. Why? Because Jesus was a man of sorrows. According to Isaiah 53, he was acquainted with grief. We don't hear of Jesus ever laughing, but we hear of Jesus weeping. The shortest verse in all of the Bible is Jesus wept. And so the lamentations of Jeremiah are laments. They are the heart cry of a man who is broken. But this is nothing new for Jeremiah. When you read through the book of Jeremiah, it is one sorrow after another because Judah was under the judgment of God. He knew people were going to be butchered. He knew people were going to die. He knew that women would be raped. He knew that children would be ripped from their mothers and set into slavery. And this is why in Jeremiah chapter 8, Jeremiah mourns. He said, I would comfort myself. This is verse 18 of chapter 8. 
I would comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is faint in me. Listen, the voice, the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images, with foreign idols? Jeremiah saw the wickedness and the evil around him, and it broke his heart. By the way, it ought to break our hearts when we see the evil within our own country. We are living in the days of the most corrupt, ungodly administration that the nation has ever seen. Not only do we see wickedness within the White House, but within the staff, lying, corrupt people. Within the administration cabinet, people openly involved in all kinds of activities that are at best shady. You say, wait just a minute, how can you say that? I can say it the same way the prophets of God thundered in bygone centuries. You stand for truth. And it doesn't matter if it is my way, your way, whether it is Democrat or Republican or Green or Independent, doesn't matter. Sin is sin. And sin is a reproach to any nation. And our nation is hurling headlong toward the judgment of Almighty God. And so we need to wake up. And this is what Jeremiah did. He wept. And as a matter of fact, in that same chapter, in verse 20 of chapter 8, he says, The harvest is past. It's over. The summer is ended. And we have not been saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. And then this famous verse in verse 22 of chapter 8. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no salve there? No solace whatsoever for the broken heart? Is there no physician there? Why can we not be healed from this deadly plague that has come upon our nation? Jeremiah knew the judgment of God was coming. He said, why then, if there is this, is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? And then he cries out in this same lament, there is no chapter break. Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain, the lost of the daughter of my people. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain, the lost, those who have already died of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for travelers, that I might leave my people and go from them. For all are adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. Now, Jeremiah must have just put up his copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, you know that he didn't. What I'm telling you is Jeremiah thundered the truth of God, whether people liked it or not. And men of God, if you're listening to me, pastors, if you're listening to me, where has the prophetic voice gone? Where are those standing in pulpits thundering God's truth and pronouncing the judgment of God upon our wicked nation? America is swimming in a sewer of its own making, and we wonder what in the world has happened. Well, the pulpits of America have grown silent. Men are more interested in being politically correct than they are biblically accurate.
Men are more interested in keeping a job and a salary than they are serving the true and the living God and being a voice of clarity in a confused and debauched nation. May God have mercy on us. And so Jeremiah laments the great captivity and exile that is coming. But when he comes to chapter 3, there is the crescendo that is reached. The depth of his sorrow is given out. And then he, in the midst of everything, just as Job did, found hope. You see, many times when we come to the end of ourselves, when we come to man's extremity, there is where we find God. When we come to the end of ourselves, Jeremiah knew this, and he comes to the middle of chapter 3, and in his anguish, he cries out to God. It puts me so much in the mind of the book of Job. And what I shared with you when we were going through there, I've often heard men say with almost glee and laughter in their voice that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you read the book of Job, you will see that Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't believe he said that with mirth in his heart. I don't believe he said that with any kind of glibness in his heart. I believe with tears streaming down his sore-ridden face and body, he said, Oh, God, Oh, God, you give and you take away. Blessed be your name. I believe he said that in a cry of anguish, because if you've ever, ever gone through a period of sorrow, you know that this is not anything unusual. This is part of the Christian life and being a follower of Jesus. And so in the midst of his anguish, he cries out to God and he knows that there is hope. Now, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope in the Bible, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, is eager anticipation of God's faithfulness, excited expectation that God's going to do what he said he would do, and that God is a God of mercy and grace and chesed. He draws us with cords of loving kindness. In verse 22 of Lamentations chapter 3, he says, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. Now, remember what mercy is. Remember what grace is. Mercy is greatly underrated because, you see, we talk about grace, and grace is wonderful. Isn't it wonderful that God gives us what we don't deserve in Jesus? Yes, and that is for us to praise the name of Jesus, that God gives us everything we need in Jesus. That's his grace. But mercy is everything that God withholds from us that we do deserve. Grace, giving to us what we don't deserve. Mercy, withholding from us what we do deserve. They're two sides of the same coin. You don't have one without the other. And so he said, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. In other words, God is not going to give us everything we deserve. If he did, there would be nothing left to talk about. We would be gone. And the reason he does this is because his compassions fail not. He is always faithful. He is always compassionate toward his people, even when he has to judge them. And he says, your compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Do you mean to tell me that God gives us mercy and grace and gives compassion to his people every day? That's exactly what God says. 
He said, great is your faithfulness. God is faithful every day and every month and every year and will be as long as eternity is. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion. He is my share. He is the one. He's my territory. Just give me what God wants me to have. The Lord himself is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Now, hope in this particular case is what I describe as active waiting. It's not just apathetically lying around and wondering what's going to happen. It is actively waiting. That means you are anticipating what God's going to do. You've read his word and you know his promises are true. This is what Jeremiah knew that yes, the hammer was going to fall. Judgment was coming, but there was coming a day when the storm clouds would clear, the rains would stop, the lightning would quit, and God in his great mercy would light up the sky with his grace, his hesed, and he would give hope for a new generation. And that is what we pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, give us a heart filled with anticipation of your grace and your mercy upon us. And Lord, may we look forward to the day when as lightning comes from the east and shines toward the west, as the sun rises in the east and brings light and warmth to the earth. Oh, Lord Jesus, come. God, would you have mercy on us and the Lord Jesus come and take us away. May it be so. Jesus said, surely I come quickly. And every one of us that are listening to this podcast need to say, even so, amen, come quickly, Lord Jesus. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.